Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Uh, over the next three days, I'm going to play you uh, an audio recording. It's actually from a video um, that I did privately a couple, gosh, it's probably been two and a half years ago. Uh, it's with my good friend, Michael Dalkey, and this was uh, formerly only accessible to members of my Automate Grow Cell Boot Camp. It's just one little itty-bitty snippet. Uh, it's like a little bonus that's in the boot camp, but it's really, really good stuff. And I figured, you know what? Why don't I just strip the audio out and play it for you guys as a podcast? Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. This is, again, about two or three years old. He has a multi-million dollar uh, company uh, across several states, actually with several different types of service companies. He specializes in acquisitions and buying businesses, and his story is super unique. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, here we go. How the heck are you? Good. How are you, Josh? We are hanging out, guys, in a hotel room in, well, it's not technically Nashville, right? It's Franklin, Tennessee. Very wealthy area. Very beautiful. It's going to be over 100 degrees here. I drove down here from Michigan just for this. Wow. How long did that <laughs> Just to see you. Just to see you. It, it took nine hours, and it was awful, and my back hurt, and I was falling asleep. But it's all worth it because uh, I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about. So can you give, before we start real quick... Um, just a brief overview on your history and your background with your cleaning business. Yeah, so we started um, almost four and a half years ago now in Minneapolis with a little $60,000 a year cleaning business. Um, we had one employee. He was overweight to the point where we couldn't safely put him on ladders. Uh, <laughs> so we were uh, really had no employees. Uh, we had one cargo van that we called the creeper van because it was so ugly and disgusting um so we started is with virtually nothing humble beginnings yeah very humble beginnings if we fast forward that today um we have somewhere between 130 employees and 140 um we are in five locations wow we operate in eight states um, and we are closing in on somewhere between four and five million in revenue, depending on how the year shakes out. Well, high five for that, by yeah. the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, it, we it, have a great team. It's not about money, but it's about winning, right? Isn't it cool to build something? I mean, when you look back, you have this, you've created 130 jobs. Like your company provides all these jobs, these other opportunities. It's amazing. And honestly, when I wanted to make these videos for the boot camp, most of the people in the boot camp, they get stuck between, you know, 100,000 in revenue, three, 400,000 in revenue, and they're just kind of stuck. And, and really, we're going to talk about, you know, how to get unstuck, you know. And so this is going to be a series of three of these videos. The first one from my notes here, which is this video, we're going to talk about, you know, obtaining growth versus having control. And I'll let you unpack that in a minute. And how to build a leadership development program so you can get out of the way and let your people shine, right? And that will be epic to talk about because the little businesses that are stuck I don't think understand that as much the second video guys will be the only three business metrics that really matter and how to measure them and then the third one is how to manage by culture not rules and policies what a great sentence like that's such a good way to put it so let's get right into the value like I want you to take it from here I want you to be passionate Michael just serve the people watching this video in the boot camp on the topic of obtaining growth versus having control yeah, so for us, uh, when we started, we looked at it and said, gosh, I can go out and clean a window, and I can clean a window pretty good. And I can also serve that customer really, really well. 
So if I'm sitting in front of Mrs. Jones, I know how to communicate with Mrs. Jones. We have a relationship. It's fun. Um, And then when I go out and I clean her window, I know that I'm doing a good job. I can control the the conversation with Mrs. Jones. I can control the price with Mrs. Jones Mm -hmm. if something happens. I can control the quality of the job. I can control everything. Once you get to that point where you start saying, I want to grow, you have to relinquish control in all of those areas. So I can no longer control the quality. We've got, you know, probably 120, you know, cleaning cleaners out there right now. And we're going to clean probably somewhere around 200 homes today. (laughs) Um, And we're sitting here in Franklin. Right. I'm talking to you Mm -hmm. and we have cleaners across the country that are out cleaning those homes. I cannot control the quality that they're doing. I can't control any of the conversations they're having with their customers. And I can't control the fact that our phone team is answering calls and they're scheduling jobs and they're changing prices and doing different things. I can't control any of that. Now, we have a system that we can control and that we can use to manage the business. But from a control standpoint, we can't do that. So from the listener out there in the boot camp, I think the first step is you have to relinquish control. That's not an easy thing, is it? Yeah, it's not at all. I mean, for you, though, weren't you focused on the end the whole time? I mean, you knew what you wanted. You knew you wanted to blow up a real business with a real team, right? I mean, was it easier for you to relinquish control because you knew that? What do you think? I think yes and no, if I'm 100% honest. Um, the A $60,000 business could not provide a lifestyle for myself or even really much of an income for myself, um, nor anyone else in the organization. It doesn't serve anybody uh, getting you know dollars, which we call certificates of good deeds, right? <laughs> getting those certificates of good deeds, 60,000, says I'm only serving at a $60,000 level, and I have to take some of those certificates of good deeds, and I had to give them to my vendors and my employees and whatnot. Right. I wasn't left with a lot of certificates of good deeds. <laughs> so I wasn't I doing that, that so uh, doing that well if we were at 60. So I looked at it and said, gosh, there's an opportunity that I want to provide to our team, mm-hmm. and I want our team to be able to grow, and I want to provide our cleaners and our technicians the opportunity to become managers and to become leaders and and them to earn more certificates of good deeds right along with me. So I wanted to build a business, but what I really wanted to do was to be able to serve more people at a better level. Yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. Ziegler says if you the way to get what you want is to help as many other people get what they want as possible. You know, by serving others, you're going to kind of win by default, right? Uh, I know that though. Even the people watching this, like they're scared to hire an employee. There's a lot of fear. They're scared to give up control. Yeah. You know, I, I don't even think it's that they're control freaks. They're just scared of the unknown. So, how did you traverse through that? And what did it look like in the in the early days? A lot of pain. I mean, just being bluntly honest, there was a lot of pain. The first employee that I ever hired, uh, we didn't run a background check right away. We did afterwards. You know, (laughs) like, I need them today, so come work for us. Oh, you're a good cleaner. We'll run a background check. And then we find out that he's got, you know, three different felony counts or something Mm. like that. Um, And he should not be allowed into human beings' homes. So he's now let go, and he understood and we said, okay, well, that was a painful experience. Yeah. So now let's start bringing in people. And we really focused at the beginning at the technical level. Let's give up technical control first. So if we want to grow, let's 
let's get people in there giving the technical. You got to get off the ladder first, right? We're off the ladder, and then we're off the phone. Right, right. Um, and from that level, we said, okay, let's move to the management level. So we now need managers who can manage those people that are doing the technical work. And when we got to that level, I realized that I took a good technician and I said, I've hired you. You are now cleaning a window on the Blue Sky Services system. You do a courtesy call on the way. You do this walk around and price quote the certain way. You cl- you show them how we clean sills and screens a certain way. You do the Blue Sky system, and it's producing a great result. You're getting a 9.5 quality score. Your speed is at $72 an hour. You're awesome. So what do I do as I say, you're now our manager <laughs> with no leadership training, no skills whatsoever. So they're really good at the technical. That's a really huge gold nugget because... When I sold my business, the original general manager that we left in charge was really more of a technical, cleaner guy. He was super respected by all the crew leaders and everything. Uh, but then, you know, to run a million dollar business is a completely different animal. Or really, just to manage crews rather than being in the field, that that's probably part of where you got your bachelor's degree in pain, right? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of pain there. And our first manager. Um, didn't end up uh, making it with us. I mean, he decided to go and do something else after a while because he was a technical employee. He was the hardest worker, I think, that we've ever had. Our guys still joke about it, you know, that he picked up 32-foot ladders over his head and threw them on top of the truck. He was just a phenomenal worker. But he was a square peg, and you were trying to force him through a round hole kind of thing, Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you build a leadership development program so you can get out of the way and let your people shine? Yeah, so after that first manager, we realized that he was a technical um, technician, not a manager. We said, gosh, we have to resource these people and teach them about leadership and management. We can't just take someone who's really good at cleaning a window and expect them to be really good at managing people. Right. So, uh, Totally different world there. It is a completely different world. So our team, we've... Once we have four people, we feel like they should have a manager. So every four, we want four to eight people under a manager. So if we've got enough for, we get to eight, we split it apart so that there's one manager over four people and then they've got to grow their team to eight again. Um, So what we did is we said, we need one hour per week with those managers. That's it. Because taking them out of the field and making them a full-time salary employee is really expensive. So we said, we need one hour. And we're going to divide that hour into two things. First half, we're going to talk about a leadership development topic. And the second half, we're going to talk about specific things related to their role. So in preparation, we would have them read uh, chapters or sections of books. So the first book that we start with is The E-Myth, which I know that you're yeah. very familiar with. Oh, yeah. And we teach them about how we're going to build systems for the business and why systems are so important. So The E-Myth takes five weeks in our organization. And in that first meeting, in that first section, I come prepared with a pre-standardized two questions. Um, So the question might be, how are we not living up to our customers' expectations right now? Or where is our system broken in relation that it was the girl in the books uh, situation? What's falling Mm -hmm, through the cracks? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I have two predetermined questions, and then I have one to two very specific questions for that specific leader. So I might say something like, hey, you were leading jam the other day, and I saw that you weren't wearing your Blue Skies shirt, and what do you think that sets as an example for him? If we say our dress code is this, we have to have it. So I have one specific question for him 
or two, and then I have two predetermined. Mm -hmm. The second part of that is about their specific job. We talk about what went well last week, what went uh, poorly last week, and then I delegate any tasks that need to happen at that point. So we say, gosh, you know what? Your payroll was turned on time for your guys. Your guys are all producing at a great level. But we had this quality complaint. What happened? What happened? Let's talk about that. Well, you know, we're seeing this is, uh, we've seen Austin's quality start to slip a bit here in the last little bit. We're managing and watching those quality scores. Okay, what's the first step we got to do? We have to have a conversation with Austin. So we teach them how to handle when they see a negative trend in their in their deal. We teach them how to handle if there's a positive trend. And then we teach them how to motivate the team too, whether it's free lunch if we hit something there. Mm -hmm. So we're building the, the, the back-end skills through a series of books. Um, we call it first is personal development plan. It's the E-Myth, it's rating fans, and it's leadership and self-deception. Those are the three books. Then we move into the leadership development plan, which is more John Maxwell orientated and some things like that, Strengths Finder, that sort of yeah. thing. You do and the then, personality tests and things like that? Uh, we do do the Strengths Finder yeah. tests, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. And then we get into the final stage, which we call the business development program. This is like, it's amazing. Uh, but it's a lot of stuff. Like, this is a lot of stuff. So you're little Michael getting off the ladder, doing your thing. And, I mean, obviously this evolved over time, right, to get to where it is now. The level, you, you just laid out this super de- – and it's amazing that you're doing this in an hour a week, right? Um, is the most important thing just to put something basic in place to begin with and then build on it or, or what? what do you yeah, think? so we, we it sounds great now. And even uh, just saying it, it probably sounds better than it is. We still have times where Brent calls and says, I, I can't, I've got a $2,000 job today and I can't quite make it. And we say, okay, how about let's schedule a different time to do it? Or we postpone something. It's not super, it's not uh, 100% regulated. When we started, it was sloppy. I mean, we said, we got, we got to teach these people somehow. Right. So how are we <laughs> going to teach them to be leaders? Let's, let's get this hour a week thing going. And the first time we went through it, I read the books along with them. So I've read Raving Bands seven times now. <laughs> um, and I know those sections and I know the stories and I can repeat them really easily. So we said, we're going to do it this way. We're going we're gonna to take the approach of, um, in software they call it release early and release mm-hmm, often. Mm-hmm. And we're going to fix the mistakes as Just we go. Just put it out there. That's Progress, not perfection. Absolutely. Progress, not perfection. I think some people, if they're perfectionists, they don't even want to try to do this because they know they can't do it at a high level to start. It doesn't matter, though, right? If you got a couple of employees or maybe you need to hire employees, just put yourself out there, right? I mean, isn't it better to, to take some action imperfectly than to, to do nothing and stay stuck anyway? Yeah, and I think that from a business owner standpoint and a business leader standpoint, and I encourage anyone who's listening to this to think through is a lot of times we give our people feedback or we teach them something and you don't get an immediate result back from that. They don't say, thank you, Josh, you taught me how to clean right. that window, right? That's they don't right. say, thank you, you taught me how to manage an employee. But down the road, somewhere you'll see someone say, you know what, I was listening to that, that uh, podcast you sent me on the five levels of leadership and I was thinking about it, how I handled this situation, and they start to develop that on That's own. when it's becoming part of their core culture, right? I mean, but there is delayed gratification. It, it's being, it's, it can be lonely being a business owner, right? Because you don't have people running around patting you on the back all the time, actually, ever. Mm-hmm. And you're doing all the back patting, 
and, and people aren't directly saying, you know, thank you for investing in me. Thank you for really investing in me as a person. They just kind of go through the process. And, and then later, you know, when they leave the job or they come into your office and then they break down crying like, Josh, working for you has been the greatest thing I've ever, you know, thank you so much. For, and, and, but that took four years, yeah. right? So the, the reward, the emotional reward comes later. How do you stay motivated going through this process yourself? That's a great question. Um, it is lonely as a business owner, and I'm very, very blessed uh, for a couple things. One, we have a leadership team that's former business owners that we all can share the pain. And that's huge. Every now and then, um, Sean will call me and say, hey, I just need to vent, and I'll call him and say, hey, you know what? I'm this far from drinking three glasses of whiskey tonight. <laughs> um, and he'll say, well, pour one glass and let's talk. Um, so we have that communication, but also I have a really strong network with uh, business owners, a couple of the ones that have been on your podcast, um, where we can talk about these things and it makes sense. The conversations as a business owner that you have are not the same as you have with a technician. I love my guys, um, but when they, they come to work and they're talking about what they did on the weekend, most of us spend our weekend worrying about what next week's going to look payroll. like. Are we going to get our payroll yeah. taken care of? Is somebody going to call in sick? You know, how am I going to hit my goals this year? How am I going to get a mortgage as a self-employed, you know, person? <laughs> yeah. um, that's what we're thinking about. That's right. And that's the conversations that we can have with depth as business owners that most other people won't. So from a motivation standpoint, for me, having a network where my partners are business owners, my my leadership team or former business owners and being able to have those conversations are really huge. It's huge. It's huge. You got to, you know, I, you heard the phrase, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And a lot of little businesses, they're still, they're, their circle of friends is still maybe a lower level. Not like lower level, like they're less valuable as humans. Yeah. But the mentality, you need to start surrounding yourself with the right people. And you got to be able to give up control and, and try to lead someone even though you don't know what you're doing. And try to build a, like, a leadership development program even though you don't know if it will work. you, you, you got to step outside your comfort zone, right? Yeah. Aren't we living perpetually in a state of discomfort while we're going through this? We are. I mean, yeah. that's normal, though, right? To encourage the people watching this. I would agree wholeheartedly. you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. you got to get used to it. That's got to be your new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will be the first to admit that at least twice a year, I completely break down, cry to my wife, and tell her I want to quit. <laughs> um, it's too hard. I've got to learn this new skill about leading a leadership team. Gosh, I thought, can't, when can I be done? Um, this was so hard when I moved from the technical level to the manager. Then I was leading managers, and now I'm leading leaders. And, gosh, this is hard. And in where we're at in our business, we're almost always on the forefront of leading. You know, we're, we're not leading from behind. We are full out in front, and we're, you know, getting on top of our vision, and we're, we're doing stuff that nobody's well, ever done. That's why you're growing like an absolute rocket ship, right? I mean, just to recap. That sixty thousand dollar business, five million. It, it, it has only been a few years. It hasn't taken that long, which is an incredible thing. And you know, the topic of this video is obtaining growth versus having control. And to recap, you got your technician, you got your manager, then you have you know your leader. So on the office side of things, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah. So we so we did, we transitioned shortly after getting the cleaners. The, off the ladder. We got, I got out of the office from a scheduling standpoint, but I was still really involved with everything that was happening there. 
Um, and today, I don't know the exact number, but I bet there's 15 people that work for us in the office side of things. And we've broken it down into really, I would say, four categories. There's sales, there's scheduling, which is your routing and making mm-hmm. sure you don't send guys all over. You know, they really love That's that. A, you, yeah. you know how much they love that. Yeah. Um, then we have our financial admin, and then we have customer service. And when you start, it's all of those things. Right. You call in, you, you're the sales You're the tech, thing. you're those four things, yeah. you're the changing your own brake pads in your truck, you're doing the Absolutely. bids, you're doing everything, doing the bank deposits. Um, you know, it's funny because a business that's stuck, it's it's hell. It's super stressful. They're not making money. They're frustrated. And I know how hard that is. But isn't it ironic? If you can do these things, your business gets easier to run. It's not like it's harder to run a $2 million business emotionally, intellectually than it is. I think the hardest part is when you don't have the systems, you don't have the team, you don't that's when when it's harder for me. I mean, would you agree? Because when you have a full team, yes, you're responsible for more people, but you're not going to war by yourself. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's different. Um, it's still hard, but it's different. Um, you know, I look at Brent and Zach in Minneapolis, our two production managers out there, and their job is hard, right? They're doing a lot. They're worrying about a lot of the stuff I used to worry about our are we going to get all the work done tomorrow? Um, you know, today I got a message that we got too much driving. We got a job that's going to be hard to get done at the end of the day. And a lot of people are, that are listening are probably in that world, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Where you're still doing that. My worries are now: um, what happens if the market changes? <laughs> you know, what if, you know? We're running a five million dollar shop, and you can imagine what that payroll is. What happens if something changes? What happens if um, you know our banker calls our line of credit? What happens if, you know, how do we make sure our insurance costs don't go through the roof? We're mm-hmm. in the, what I call the pool of misfits for workers' comp because we had a major inst- injury and we have a humongous workers' comp bill. Humongous. Mm-hmm. So um, I still uh, have different struggles. There's yeah. different. But uh, I would much rather be in the place I am today because my business says that we are creating. Five million, four to five million certificates of good deeds. Certificates of good deeds. We're creating a <laughs> lot Michael, of certificates. Of and good that's deeds. your name for dollars. That's the that's, name for dollars. That's such a cool phrase. I love that. It comes from Rabbi Daniel Lappin, which I'm not Jewish. I know who he is. Yeah, but yeah, he uh, talks about that concept a lot. If you haven't read the book "Thou Shall Prosper," it's one of our our key books that we talk about, which talks about. You get money from serving another human serving. being. Serving. That's right. The way you, you get more money is you serve them better, or you serve more people. That's exactly right. My three boys, I asked them, you know, how do you make money? And their original answer was by working hard, Dad. And I've coached them out of that because it's not true. You know, I have a Nicaraguan gardener at my house in Costa Rica. He makes $20 a day. He's a sweet guy. I mean, he's an amazing guy. We talk. We give him breakfast. We do. But he works really hard, but he only gets a few. Because the way you make money is by providing a lot of value to a lot of people, like you said. So I think this is a great first video, obtaining, obtaining growth versus having control. Give up the control. Let go of the wheel. Let someone else, you know, do stuff. Even if it's imperfect, you coach them through it, right? Yep. Um, that's what I'm hearing from you. Go from, you know, the ladder to, you know, off the ladder and then get a manager over the four guys on the ladder and then you're in the office and then get out of that and then you got your four divisions in your office and then now you have a real leadership team, right? And then the leadership development program you do, hour a week, half the time is spent going through a book, that you have laid out, yep. and half the time is you know addressing specific issues relevant to what they're doing, right? Absolutely. Great advice. Thank you so much for that.
we're gonna take a break break real quick Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.